1: Ben was talking about bowling alleys, uh, and he was forging ahead and Adam and I both, I could tell both of us wanted to talk about bowling alleys. We wanted to stop what, what Ben was talking about and talk about bowling. alleys. but Ben wanted it more and he forged ahead. Uh, and we, we, at a certain point backed off, but now the shows began and we didn't have anything else to talk about. And I want to talk about bowling alleys. Um, when- I am
0: ready to talk about bowling alleys.
1: Damn it. The college park bowling alley uh, is a duck pin bowling alley. Um, which big is um, yes, a big alley. maryland thing um but but the other thing that's cool about it uh is basically what i found out from me and my friends uh going there uh and getting drunk by buying uh what was that beer um Daddy what was Bo- the Michelob? there was a Michelob, Michelob amber uh or Michelob amber oh
2: uh, yeah um, yeah, Amber Bob,
1: that, like, that was a classic of, of the mid two thousands. Yes. Yes. If you're like 22 and you don't want to just drink uh Bud Light anymore and you want to show people that, you know, something you might, oh, be yeah. that, used to be,
2: that used to be really effing fancy. You're, you're yeah. like, Oh yes, I'm having an Amber, but Bob. it's the
1: same price as the, as the, the trash tier beers. Um, yeah. and so at the bowling alley, they only had five beers. It's all, it's a bowling alley. So of course it's trash tier yes. beers um and so everyone would go and buy themselves a pitcher for themselves um and drink a bunch of beers and go bowling and what we found over the time that we were going is that the bowling alley didn't appear to have rules about conduct <laughs> um and so we eventually started adding in an element of bowling that we called style points um and as lo- oh. as long as you got five if if you managed to knock five pins down in your your two attempts um we weren't using we didn't know the duck pin rules, so we're using regular bowling rules for duck pin. Um, Wait, there are different duck pin rules? Yeah, you get extra attempts. I can't get in, a, can't get in yeah. the oh, I had no That's idea. A, yeah, you get a third attempt. Don't worry about it. We ignored it. Um, so be, Because we didn't know until much later, and then we decided we liked our way better. Um, as long as your two attempts got you five pins on your turn, your style point attempt could then be added to, like, everyone else competing with you gave you a score based on the honor system. So if you did something cool, they were obliged to give you some some honor points um these included a friend of ours who managed to figure out a way to roll his ball while taking his shirt off in like one fluid motion um good, I, I would good. give ne- I would give negative style points for that if you saw the if you saw them if you were one <laughs> there's an element of surprise, this is not someone you would expect to hurt Jason do Jason,
2: Jason the smoothness of the gesture.
0: Um,
1: merited, but, but
2: there would be ne- but there'd be negative points for his naked torso.
0: Ben, no, I, you got to ask the question how would David Bowie score
1: it? I think no, that's I, don't. I don't. I don't have to I ask you. That.
2: No, I don't,
1: but but so anyway, we did eventually discover there was one rule at the bowling alley, uh, and it was when my friend Joe took his ball and went as far away from our lane as he possibly could. And then began sprinting. Oh, they the don't like no, they don't they don't up. like this. He just was doing don't the like this. Run up he could. Um and he got about five steps into his run when the guy from the desk was like, No running. Uh and so <laughs> Joe came back and did something else, and we continued carrying on, and it was like like throwing seven balls down the lane at once, no one cares. Uh ending up halfway down the lane, no one cares. Uh throwing a bunch of pens at each other, no one cares. All of this stuff. No punishments, no not even so much as a like side eye, but if you start running, that guy was like like a hawk, he's like, no running. It was very firm, and it was said in a tone of voice that everyone understood look we, we shouldn't run, the guy says no running
0: <laughs> uh, my my bowling alley story is much younger than that a babysitter we had when my parents were out of town once uh really a wanted to go older. see karaoke. Yeah. Well, I was much younger. The story is much older. You're right. Uh, our, our our babysitter who was watching us for a week while my parents were out of town really wanted to go see, sing karaoke with her friends. And that meant going to the bowling alley because the bar at the bowling alley is where the karaoke bar was in my hometown at the time. And so she took us there and just let us not not bowl, but just go crazy in the arcade. And so we played in the arcade for a while until we were really bored of playing in the arcade. And she was like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> so we just had to hang out more and pine over the prizes that we didn't have enough tickets to get. And then she, we had like a whole garbage bag full of tickets um, at the end of it. And she, she took them all from us. I don't know why. <laughs> Oh,
2: that's the worst part.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was not allowed to babysit us anymore. We never saw her again mm. after that.
2: All right. Well can I if we're giving
0: bowling stories can I give my bowling story? No. Kind of hey, now. hey, welcome in. <laughs> this is Filibuster, the Black and Red United and Ben got to talk about bowling, so we we talked about bowling. No, podcasts. I didn't. <laughs> he I'm mentioned Adam Taylor. bowling. He didn't actually joined talk by about Ben bowling Bromley and, and Jason Anderson. We are all from blackandredunited.com where we talk about DC United. And tonight we are previewing DC United's game against Atlanta United. Uh, Watch it this Saturday, 7.30 p.m. at Audi Field. If you can't get down to Buzzard Point, watch it on NBC Sports Washington or Tele-Exitos. You can also stream it on ESPN Plus or DCUnited.com, depending on whether you're out of the region or in the region, however that's defined. If you uh, prefer audio only, you can listen to it on 104.7 Wonk FM or the iHeartRadio app. Before we talk about any of that with our special guest tonight ben what are you drinking slash bowling uh, uh, well i'm not allowed
2: to talk about my bowling so i will talk about my drink which is uh cincinnati's mad tree brewing company's uh shade it is a blackberry tart ale with sea salt um we bought this over uh thanksgiving still have a little in the fridge uh it's really refreshing
0: so is it kind of Goza-ish or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. It's good. I, I've got myself an old-fashioned. Just some Buffalo Trace bourbon, uh, a, a, a flavored syrup I made, and some bitters. Big ol' ice cube. Some some orange oil spray that I got from a cocktail box that was gifted to me so I didn't have to cut into an whole a whole orange. Just spray it from the spray bottle. It's very convenient. It's good. I like it. Jason, what are you drinking?
1: I first want to point out to Adam that he's told us about this before. Yes, Yes. I've mentioned
0: this before, but not on the air. Yes. but listeners need
1: to know about the spray bottle. This is now the third time Adam has brought up the spray bottle. He's very excited about it. I Um, am. It's a good little spray bottle. I'm not saying you shouldn't be. I'm just saying to back up, (laughs) to back up your claim, you are that excited. Uh, I am drinking a Guinness. Nice that's it i i, I spoke too much about bowling balls so or bowling alleys so guinness well our guest this
0: week is coming up right now so let's get into it dc united return from the international break before another bye week because reasons but i digress this saturday when they welcome Atlanta United to Buzzard Point. To help us preview it, we are thrilled to welcome back Valley Sports South host and sideline reporter and one half of the indispensable call-up podcast, Jillian Sackovitz. Thanks again for coming on.
3: My pleasure. Thanks for having me back. I like a repeat invitation.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, we had to have you back on. Once you (laughs) said yes the one time, you were always going to get invitations from us. You're coming from teaching English right now.
3: (laughs) Yeah. That is my Tuesday uh, night job, Uh, the call-up we do on Tuesday afternoons. And Tuesday nights, I volunteer at uh, my library up the street. I launched it. I teach English to immigrants.
0: That's incredible. That's that's really awesome.
3: It helps. It helps, you know, the frustrations of work or life sometimes. And then I go do this and I instantly am just totally in a better mood. I hate to say it, but it's just true. You realize like whatever you got going on likely is nothing compared to being dropped off in some country where you can't talk to anybody. So I really love it. I love the people. My students are so great. Um, it's just more rewarding for me than it even is for them probably. And then, selfishly, I get to practice my Spanish a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Did you break out any Ukrainian? I understand you had Dima Kovalenko on the call up this week. Yeah, no,
3: zero Ukrainian. Um, Yeah, this this episode was really, really heavy. It, It all came from just wanting to see what we can do to help the situation in Ukraine. You know, you've seen whether it's at DC games any game in major league soccer there's fans with so much love and support for ukraine and you've seen it across world soccer whether it's goal celebrations fundraisers um <clears throat> ukrainian stars doing what they can uh you know you've even seen these stories i forget what coach it is but a coach of a european team leaving his duty to go join the ukrainian army and like what can we do so You know, I knew of Dima uh, Kovalenko, looked him up, Googled him, and just saw he's working at Oak Brook Soccer Academy, a suburb of Chicago, and literally emailed them, stalked him on LinkedIn, and connected with him and just thought maybe I'd be finding out about what's his friends and family situation in Ukraine, and he'd be coming to us from Chicago, and he's like, sure, I can do it, but it's going to be a six-hour time difference. I'm in Poland right now, and instantly my heart really sunk because- Everything you see on the news, you know, the people in Poland are the people that are running out of Ukraine. So I was like, is he with his family? Has he found his family? And we we did a video and audio interview with him from an apartment in Poland where luckily he does have some of his family with him. But I I urge everyone, I said, if you listen to one episode of The Call Up this week, make it with Dima. His mother, father, sister and niece are with him. They were living in a bomb shelter in Kiev under a church for 10 days, 16 hour train, crazy stories of, you know, missing the first, second, third, fourth train because they're packed. Uh, And then they they find their way to Dima, who's waiting for them. And now Dima's what's next. Where do I put my family? Do I bring Mm. can I bring them with me? Where do I put them? Because they can't go home. And then his uh, brother in law and friends are fighting in Ukraine. So it's it was a just totally eye opening uh, an heartfelt episode and a small glimmer of positivity in a really dark time right now. Knowing that they were reunited,
0: that's yeah, that's a relief to hear. Um, it does contrast the triviality of what we're going to talk about tonight. Um,
3: well, we but, have to have a little fun too.
0: Sure, absolutely. Yes. Um, that said, my first question for you on on soccer is not at least the the start of it's not going to be that much fun because last year was maybe rock bottom for the five stripes under Gabriel Heinze, uh, before Gonzalo Pineda came in and started turning things around. What's the vibe at this point, four games into Pineda's first full season in charge?
3: To your point, it wasn't Atlanta United's finest hour, um, during that stretch, uh, in which Heinze was the manager uh, and then interim manager who is now Gonzalo Pineda's like really first assistant is Rob Valentino. Rob Valentino really found a way to relate to those guys I think be a real players coach and get them out of that moment and really took them through the summer um, on one of their if not their best stretch of last year and then Gonzalo Pineda uh, came in uh, late summer and credit to Pineda knowing what worked right he doesn't say thanks rob see you later rob valentino stays and is an assistant on that team uh knowing how important he was and it's it's kind of poetic because brian schmetzer gonzalo pineda was brian schmetzer's right hand man and he knows about how important that role is so then gonzalo pineda did the same thing for rob valentino and it's really one of optimism right now for atlanta united um I think that while they have let some games go to the wire that they would not want to Charlotte uh, beating them at home 2 one, then a three, three draw to Montreal. You don't want to Montreal hadn't won a game. They ain't gotten a point when they came into Mercedes-Benz stadium, Um, three game losing streak to start the year. And you go up one, nothing. And then all of a sudden you go down three, one, but when I was speaking to Gonzalo Paneda after the game, he's like, there's so many things to fix, but I'm really happy with the character we showed. They had that game at the start of last year. They were losing that game 3-4-1. So it's, it's happy days for Atlanta United. There's still a lot to do, but I would say each game, they're happier and happier with where they're at.
1: Uh, Julian, I guess I wanted to start with uh, we're we're kind of used to talking about Atlanta making some sort of high-priced signing. Um, not every team gets to do that. Atlanta does seem, seemingly every year, um, and this year they brought in Thiago Almada. I think maybe for our listeners, they've probably just seen that goal against Montreal uh, where he's falling down. I think it made it... That was the one that made it 3-2, right? Not the equalizer. Um, yes. I, I was just wondering, how is he settling in? How is... How is Atlanta using him? Because a lot of times it's sort of like, well, he's a Atlanta has brought in a lot of these guys that are like, well, he's a versatile attacker. He can play the 10 or he can play wide. Um, and then all of a sudden it's a bunch of those guys all at once. So I'm curious what their plans are for him in particular.
3: So Tiago Almada, um, it that was his first goal for uh, Atlanta United, and it was a frigging galasso. So that, it was a really good introduction to Major League Soccer. It was a good introduction to the fans at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And to your point, I think that Atlanta United and MLS in general, as you start to get more guys from South America and abroad, I think that they've seen the importance of getting guys acclimated, new culture, new language new team, new playing style. You know, Gonzalo Pineda's even talked about that, easing easing him in because he's coming from a South American playing style to an MLS playing style. And that's why you've been seeing Almada come off the bench, right? They're getting him there. Sure, you make, uh, you get a designated player for millions of dollars. Um, you want to see him right away, right? But he's 20 years old. And, and I think that's Gonzalo Pineda showing why he's a great, kind of in a lot of ways, a great hybrid, right? He's a Mexican international with a lot of MLS experience, and he knows what's important. Now Marcelino Moreno, who's older, more mature, this and that, like he came in and, you know, last year he gets the start. But Tiago Almada is, is easing his way in. We saw him come in early in the second half last game. Uh, like you guys mentioned, there we were on this international break. I'm really interested to see where he's at now against dc and um we'll be speaking to pineda later this week
2: yeah uh, jillian um speaking of another new player to atlanta united uh mls veteran uh dom dwyer uh came off the bench and three minutes later gets sent <laughs> off uh, so he obviously won't be playing against uh DC united but w- w- what 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 is expected? What is Pineda expecting out of Dom Dwyer this year? Uh, mm-hmm. How much is he going to uh, uh, feature, and what, what what are the goals for him? Uh, as someone we all we all know, we we've all seen.
3: Dom Dwyer is so important for this team, and I, and I laughed because it. Believe me, that wasn't it wasn't great to get to get the red card, right? But. Yeah. In speaking to Brad Gazan, he will he is emphatic about the fact that Dom Dwyer, Ozzy Alonzo, these guys bring a he used a different word, but a grittiness, I'll say, a gutsiness <laughs> to um to the squad, right? And if you look at the recipe, as Brad in quotes said, the recipe for success in atle- in MLS very often, you cannot overlook the MLS veteran. I think Atlanta United sorely missed that last year. There was kind of no one to grab people by the scruff the way a Jeff Lorenowitz or Michael Parkhurst, or he wasn't an MLS veteran, but he was a veteran presence in Leandro Gonzalez Perez grabbed guys by the scruff and said like, let's F and go. And you kind of had a younger squad, a more timid squad, a more tentative squad filled with talent. But now you, you trickle those guys in and yeah. Okay. Dom Dwyer, gets a red card, but you see Dom Dwyer, Ozzie Alonzo. They are incredibly talented. They're incredibly savvy and they're also a bit of agitators. And that's what you need for this team. When you've got a Brooks Lennon and Emerson Hindman who's working his way back, an incredible talent in Miles Robinson, who is who he is. He is so silky, incredible defender, gritty at the same time, one of the best one V one defenders in the league, if not the best, but he's not the vote, he's not vocal. Right. And I don't know if that's ever going to be his thing and that's okay too. Um, So they've been huge, Dom, Dom and Ozzy. And in terms of scoring, we saw what Dom Dwyer did in the game prior. Uh, So what a guy to have available to you.
0: Uh, The guy in front of him on the depth chart is, is I think the most synonymous player with atlanta united over their history joseph martinez he's got two goals in atlanta's four games at this point is he back
3: joseph is definitely back but who he is for atlanta united is time will tell this year is he you know i think about 2017 2018 it was joseph martinez's team but you had a, you had a three-headed monster you had is it going to be miguel almarone you know you had Julian Gressel with incredible service um, into the box, you know, you had Tito Vialba, you had a lot of other people doing the work and, and Joseph thrives off of that. So I, I don't think that Atlanta United necessarily needs it to be the Joseph show. I think that Atlanta United needs to get back to firing offensively, which we've absolutely seen glimmers of this year. And I think that that, Plus Joseph is Joseph, right? I don't it's not all about Joseph, and he would be the first one to tell you that. And I think that he's working his way back. I know that something we've talked to Gonzalo Pineda about is if he looks at Joseph's numbers, you know, last year, um, explosiveness, runs, things like that, speed, every game he's seen such an increase and he has seen huge increases from the numbers last year to this year. So I know Joseph obviously uh, was away with Venezuela. Let's see how he comes back. And let's see what type of fitness the international guys are uh, later this weekend after coming back from international duty. So will the people at DC see like full blown Joseph? I don't know, but if I've learned anything, it's don't count. Don't count Joseph out. Cause that is what he feasts on.
0: Mm. <laughs> Uh that and Orlando. Yeah.
3: And Orlando. Definitely
1: Orlando. Yes. Points, Martinez and Wayne Rooney. Yeah, I was going to We're on the same page here. Some team's got to pair those two guys up. Um
3: I would sign up for that reality show. <laughs> uh,
1: I guess, Jillian, speaking of, you know, a lot of goals being scored, I will say you you mentioned that things that Atlanta's kind of working on, and when I look at the record of their results, I'm seeing, you know they've got the two wins that are pretty good, but they've also given up three goals twice in four games. And I know one of those is at home against Montreal. Um, How, how much of a work in progress is that? Is it close and they're just have, you know, that last little bit isn't is missing or are they unlucky or is it kind of a combination?
3: So um, in my post game interview with Gonzalo Pineda, he used the word arrogance. He wasn't happy with the quote arrogance that Atlanta United showed after they went up one, nothing. So the talent is there, right? You can have a lapse of judgment. Uh, there's questions. I think of who, what is the perfect backline for Atlanta United? You know, Miles Robinson's a, a clear one, but then Pineda feels like he's got a lot of options, and it's something that really excites him when he, especially, especially the midfield, but also the defense. He, what is the best eleven for Atlanta United? And I think Gonzalo Pineda is still toggling with that a little bit and figuring it out and figuring it out how he wants to go about that but this team if anything has been pretty defensively sound historically um it's kind of the goals that that Atlanta United has been looking for um so I one thing I have no question about this year is Atlanta United being very sound defensively Yeah, and I guess uh one one
2: last question I have is uh we we've all seen the saga with uh Ezekiel Barco over uh his time with Atlanta United, even just the the signing for fifteen million and then just his his playing time and his his goal scoring. Uh now that he's loaned out, um what do you think his um what what do you think is is there? Does uh, Almada replace him? Is there oh, any way he ever comes back, or is the the mm-hmm. Barco uh, uh, era just with this loan? It's now closed, and 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 that's the end of it.
3: I would never close the door on anyone returning to Atlanta United. You know, I think there's way crazier routes you could even go than Ezekiel Barco. I think that for Barco, this is going to be a really good move for him. Um, Going back to Argentina, it's, it's, I think that it's, it might, it sounds like going back, right, is a step back and it's not, he's a new, more mature player. Um, I saw how much he matured last year. Barco was arguably one of Atlanta United's best, if not their best player last year, he was consistent, right? And in all of the years that Zekiel Barco played for Atlanta United 2018 um, until this year when he was loaned out, it was never a consistent season, you know, uh, problems off the field year one injuries. It'd be like, he'd have like a burst for three or four games. You'd be like, Oh, this is the Barco that they signed. And then he'd get, he'd get injured. And I I always felt for him with that. And it's a lot of hype to move to another country at that age. And, and I think that Atlanta United and MLS maybe took lessons from like that big signing. And like, how do you then groom a guy like that? Like, you know, there's a reason why LeBron James went from high school to the NBA and people don't do that anymore. I'm not saying he, he had any maturity issues, but I'm saying like, there's reasons why you don't go from high school to the NBA anymore. And it's so hard in soccer to to work on that. So to answer your question, I don't know if Barco comes back, um, but I definitely know this was a step forward for him in, in his career. And, you know, with designated player slots and everything like that, this was the right move for Atlanta United. And absolutely, could I could see Barco in Atlanta United uniform in two years or in 10 years, who knows?
0: Well, we know from the likes of, Bill Hamid, Andy Nahar, and now Chris Durkin—that you can go home again. So, right.
3: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Uh, I have this memory seared into my brain of Luis Araujo dribbling everyone on the team at, to score a goal and deny DC United a result last year. Uh, how's he looking this year? And please tell me he's not dribbling entire teams <laughs> again, because I—I I, I don't think my. Yeah. Right. The, to take that. Well,
3: the last person I saw dribbling all over the place was Gio Reyna. So don't, yeah. don't worry about it. Luis <laughs> D'Ado Uju is still, um, is still nursing, uh, that hamstring injury. Uh, he's definitely on the latter end. It was about a four week timeline about a month ago of where he would be at. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where he's at this week in training. I don't have an update. Uh, Gonzalo Pineda hasn't issued an update to the media, but we'll, we'll see. Um, Eta Uju's return. Um, when it is back, it's going to be explosive because it gave Atlanta United fans, I think, a lot of hope in that first game or two. Um, the, you know, him connecting with Joseph, everyone's like, oh, yay, this and that. Now, you know, out for four weeks, more or less, with a hamstring injury. So we'll see with, with Eta Uju.
0: Well, I certainly hope he comes back for you in a week. <laughs> T V um, Seriously, just right burned into my retinas. Uh, so a couple more questions before we get you out of here. One, how does Atlanta being handle being high-pressed?
3: It's a really good question. I think that that is something that you saw against Montreal. They took a lot of risk, right? Their defenders were, were way back, but then all of a sudden you get a turnover and guys on a breakaway, and that's how Montreal – gets that first goal so that is something that now does that mean that they don't press as high we'll find out but I think that that is definitely something that uh, Gonzalo Pineda and his coaching staff are cleaning up in now what's been a two-week window without you know some of their stars in in Miles Robinson and um Joseph Martinez on international duty, but I I don't have a full answer for the on that one for you because I feel like we haven't seen it enough. We saw some lapses perhaps in judgment or in doing that against Montreal. Um, but how do you think that fares
0: with DC? That's that's why I asked the question. Yeah. No, you know, it's DC very interesting. Are pressing all, all, right. all the So
3: very Red Bull esque who Atlanta loves to play against. Um, and gives them a hard time.
0: Yeah, I think this, the difference, one of the differences anyway, between uh, Losada's press and the Red Bull press is how they handle that second line, I think. I think DC United doesn't press the center backs quite as high up and leave that ball over the top, and instead they want you to have to dink the ball into the middle and where they have Russell Knauss running around to to clean those up. So it's it's a little bit different approach on where the pressure release is. Mm-hmm. So for me anyway, I hope that uh, it, it proves a little trickier for Atlanta.
3: <laughs> I'm going to ask Gonzalo when I talk to him on Friday.
0: Oh, no, I just gave it away. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, I, I, I turned doubt, the tables he saw that. on myself. <laughs> <laughs> traditionally, my last question is asking our guest how they would game plan against the team they cover or support. So...
1: I hate Since that I question. gave you
0: something, I'm gonna ask you uh <laughs> that question as well. If you had to pick one thing to take away or or try to exploit against Atlanta United, what are you focusing on?
3: I would say right now watch out for I think Brooks Lennon has been really good at the balls that he's been serving. Um, his crosses, he's ranked, I think, ranked right now like third, maybe don't quote me on that, in MLS in crosses. I would say keep an eye uh, on the service that a guy like Brooks Lennon is putting forward and keep an eye on the sneakiness of Joseph Martinez.
0: Fair enough. Jillian Sackovitz. From The Call-Up and from Valley Sports, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Tell our listeners where they can find you online if they've been hiding under a rock and haven't already done so.
3: Oh, Thank you guys so much for having me uh, at Jillian Sakovitz. And you can download The Call-Up. It's uh, on all MLS channels. It's put out by Major League Soccer and that is on the MLS YouTube channel or anywhere you get your podcasts, The Call-Up. But me, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter.
0: Definitely do listen to the call-up this week. Of all weeks, especially. Yes,
3: of all weeks. Yes. Uh, DC United fans will, will know the name. So Absolutely.
0: Oh yes. Find us, of course, at blackandredunited.com. If you want to support us financially, you can do that at patreon.com slash filibuster. Only one episode this week, so nobody got early access to it. But next week no, next week, the game that is an off week. Anyway, at some point, there will be two episode weeks again, and our patrons get early access to the second episode every single week when we do that, which I think is most weeks. That's fair to say, right?
2: Find it's us many on Twitter.
0: weeks. It's many weeks, many weeks. Find us on Twitter at Black and Red U, at Filibuster DCU, at Bromley Soccer, at Jason DC Soccer, at 202AMT send your emails to filibuster at gmail.com download, subscribe, and especially rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm told that that's a great way to help people find us, uh, give us good five-star reviews and, you know, happy or five-star ratings and happy reviews or something like that. I don't know. Technology is strange to me. Um, mostly though, tell a friend about the show. That's the best way to spread the word. Uh, for Jason and Ben, and thanking Jillian Sackiewicz one more time, I'm Adam, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason.
1: Go to bed.